I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome to the Champions of Happy podcast, the podcast where I talk to my friends about what makes them happy, what makes them smile and what brings them joy. Hello everyone, how are you? You're alright, I appreciate you can't answer back because you're not here in the room, but I'm okay, thanks for asking, I'm sure you were going to ask. Um, You might have noticed how my, my audio is much clearer now, that's because I got a new microphone, I treated myself. I'm like a Pokemon, I evolved, I'm advancing, you can't stop me. Not sure why I'm so hyper this morning, it might, uh, might be the second coffee. Um, but I'm going to stop bumbling on because we've got a fantastic episode with my fantastic guest Adam, personal trainer, psychologist, cosplayer, all round lovely person. Um, super lovely episode, hope you enjoy, hope you're keeping well. It's super sunny outside today, go for a walk, plug in your earphones, go listen to the episode and have a great day. Alright then. Hello and welcome to the Champions of Happy, Adam. Hello. Hey, James. How are you? I'm. I mean, we've just spoken briefly, but I'm a little bit hungover. Not gonna lie. So, if you, if anyone's listening to the podcast who's listened to any other episodes before, I'm not great at talking at the best of times. So today it's going to be a fun <laughs> challenge. Let's start a podcast. Who needs to be able to talk properly? Uh. Um. So, thank you for joining me. Um. Could you very briefly introduce yourself? Who are you? Who am I? Uh, well, I figured I'll start at the beginning. Um, I was a difficult birth. Uh, no, that might have been a little too far back. <laughs> uh, I mean, although I was, so that was true information. Um, so my first name is Adam. Um, I, I don't know. Am I supposed to like say like who I am on like social media and stuff? Is that a thing? Yeah. Like, what do you do? What are you about? What do I do? What I'm about? What's um, your purpose? My purpose is to not ever stop working. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, so uh, I am currently a doctoral candidate I'm working on my PhD in psychology. Um, so that basically consumes most of my life, but I am also a personal trainer, group fitness instructor. I do cosplay. Um, I play video games. That's about my entire resume right there. It's very short, but it can, takes up all my time. <laughs> <laughs> you are you are cause when we've been talking be- before this trying to arrange the podcast you are busy all the time i don't know how you do it honestly really i don't um so i first came across your actually before we even get into that can i just say this is obviously a podcast and it's a audio experience no one can see you but you're all in pink you are true <laughs> to your instagram handle pink hero you've got pink headphones on i love it and 
remind me which what part of america are you in i am in well that's that's a great question i'm currently in missouri the midwest part of the united states i am i like to say i'm displaced i am a texan we take that with serious pride so i'm just temporarily removed from texas in the midwest (laughs) okay why why are you over in the midwest then uh to become a doctor (laughs) i'm here for my phd and then after after that i'm not sure where i'll end up um but there's definitely no ties here (laughs) nice and i'm also very jealous you've you've had a haircut so are are things is it a haircut or is you just naturally have nice hair no i god i think i got my hair cut about a month ago i was actually thinking that of that as i was getting ready for this i was like oh i probably should have gotten my hair cut um so it's a little long for what i normally have but yeah, I guess I did get one. <laughs> oh, I'm just incredibly jealous. My hair is ridiculous at the moment because here in the UK, we're still very much in lockdown. Things are starting to slowly ease off. And in the coming weeks, hopefully, fingers crossed, if plans don't change, things will be open again and I can get my hair cut and then go to the pub straight after. And <laughs> what, what is it like over there where you are? COVID? Look, this isn't a COVID podcast, but what is it generally speaking? How is it where you are right now? But COVID definitely has been affecting happiness. So I think it's incredibly relevant. Yeah. Um, hmm. So it is still not great. Um, I I commend you and, you know, the UK for still taking this very seriously because it has not necessarily been a very serious thing over here. Um, as someone who works in hospitals, like it's, it's, it's been uh, uh, definitely a, a year. Um, Things are okay where I am at because I live in a very rural part of the United States. So we just don't have a lot of people. So things don't get too bad here. Um, But we have definitely been in very at-risk places here. So it it is getting better. Um, We are getting those vaccines out. um, But it definitely could be better. Could be worse. It has been worse, but it definitely could be better at the same time, if that makes sense. Uh, are places open or are places, certain places still closed? How is it working there? <sighs> you know, it is very mixed here in the States. There are some places, and that's not even just like per state. Per 50 states have different regulations. That's also per city, per county. Like every place has its own set of rules, which is, I think, adding to the chaos. Where I am at right now, we tend to be pretty uh, adhering to everything. Lots of things are still at a very limited capacity. Mass mandates are still a thing. Um, But there are definitely other parts of the country where they have just basically said, it's cool. (laughs) Um, So here we are still um, limited in what we do. Like all of most of our courses this this semester have also been online again. Um, But like restaurants can be open at, I think we're at 50% capacity still. Um, but they still have to close fairly early. Um, you know, you have to wear a mask no matter what you're doing. Um, and like we just talked about, like haircuts, like, yeah, we're, everyone's wearing masks. Everyone is um, having to endorse they don't have any symptoms. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. When I listen back to this podcast, maybe a year or two to come, uh, we're recording today on the Sunday, the 21st of March, 2021. This would be a nice little time capsule to uh, remember. I mean, do we really want to remember this year, actually? I'm not sure. But um, it'll, we'll, we'll have it to look back on and think, exactly. oh, things, things could be worse. It could be 2021. 20, um, so I've interviewed on the podcast before a, a cosplayer called Kevin, who often cosplays as the Blue Ranger and then various other cosplays. Do, do you know Kevin? Yes. Yeah. I mean, we never met in person. We were supposed to, and then I wasn't able to make that con. But yeah, Kevin and I talk, I'd say, fairly frequently. 
Ah, uh, nice. I, I feel like I'm slow. I feel like Zordon. I feel like I'm slowly collecting people with attitude to be Power Rangers. I, obviously, your Instagram handle is Pink Hero, and you have a great love of the Pink Ranger. Where where does the where does that come from? I mean, everyone knows I'm a massive Power Ranger fan. Where does your love of Power Rangers come from? You know, that's a great question, James. Um, and I appreciate you asking that because I get that all the time from like friends and stuff, especially friends like I don't see you know, in real life through social media and stuff, they're like, where, how did all this happen? Where did this obsession come from? So I'm just going to like take this clip from our podcast together. And then I'm just going to like, you never have to answer the question ever again. (laughs) Just send the sound bite. Um, So I want to say part of it was the fact that there was a superhero in pink. I feel like that was not so much a thing, especially superhero in pink, who also was geared towards boys. You know, there there have been female superheroes, but those were very targeted for females. Um, but this was the first time, I mean, even though she was still female identifying, it, you know, the Power Rangers itself tended to be more of like a, a boy thing, even though mm. I feel like in my anecdotal experience, both my female and male, like little friends, we all, we all enjoyed it. Um, but I think a, a big drive to it was the fact that it was pink. And that was my favorite color even before the obsession occurred. Um, and then it was also to the fact that I enjoyed the team of Power Rangers. I have never been a fan of solo heroes like Superman. Don't care. Batman. Don't care. Super Mario, whatever. Um, it has always been like, if it's a team I'm in because I've always mm-hmm. appreciated a united group um, in my superheroes. So I think that was also a big role in it. Even when I was a kid, just, you know, obviously doing some analysis on myself. <laughs> um, and then also, too, like, Kimberly was so fun. She was so cool. Like, she was this, like, cute little, um, I don't even know what to say. She was a gymnast. She, you know, but she could also, you know, kick some serious butt. So I think it was just also she as a person. I was like, that is someone I think is awesome. That is someone I would like to be. Um, so I think that also played a role in it. Nice. Yeah, Kimberly is a, she's just a, I mean, she's a gay icon, essentially. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah. So the the color pink, mm-hmm. now, um, we're, we've been brought up to, I don't know, I know there's a proper, educated, intelligent way to say this, but I'm going to ramble it out somehow, as I often do. Growing up, we're very much told blue is for boys, pink is for girls. So the color pink, how, why, have you always liked pink? Were you always encouraged to like just do what you wanted to do how like have you were there ever any this is a great question were there any adversities uh for you liking the color pink or yeah. yeah absolutely and i still face those um thankfully we're living in a time now where things are changing but that is still that's still very much a thing especially in a lot of other places um in a lot of other circles as well so growing up i mean like i said it's always been my favorite color and i have always found things that are pink. And I think as I've gotten older, I have started to care less what other people think, which I think is a huge (laughs) contributor to happiness. Um, And also, you know, I just stuck with it. And then I, I came from a place again, where I was like, I don't care what other people think. And then also too, I'm going to put that on you. If you have a problem with it, that's fine either you will remove yourself or you will embrace it as well. Um, so it has definitely been a lifelong thing and something that probably is only getting worse, but whatever. I mean, my walls aren't pink. Like I'm not one of those like 
I feel like I'm, you know, <laughs> sometimes I worry about listeners. He's got pink curtains, uh, pink chairs. He's got a poodle <laughs> running around. That's pink too. <laughs> right. No, I'm not one of those people. I feel like those are like some weird like documentary series. Like, no, no, no. Like, but I'll probably wear a pink shirt. You know, my shoes will probably have some pink in them. Obviously, like accessories, headphones and stuff will be. Uh, but it's not just like a pink Pepto-Bismol threw up type of situation. <laughs> no, you wear it well. You, you certainly do. I, I guess it's it may be a silly question, but do you have a favorite Power Ranger then? Oh, gosh, James, you're going to ask a tough question. Uh, obviously, Kimberly. But I feel like that's kind of yeah. no brainer. If I had to pick a second one. It would probably have to be Cassie from Turbo and in Space. Nice. Okay. She was pretty was pretty uh was pretty tough too. And I like I liked her. Now, but James, because you asked me that, I kind of want to return the question. What is your favorite ranger? Or who is your favorite I ranger? I mean Billy is my go-to answer because he's okay. the blue, blue ranger and he was always my favorite. He was always the geek. He was always the outside and never I I never liked the leader of a team. No. Like Mm-mm. Jason's Same. nice and all, but like I ne- I'm not I'm not a leader. Like I never really understood that role so i was like oh no but i get billy that makes sense in my head i relate to that and then knowing up knowing he the actor david um was gay in real life that was even even nicer it really added to it um but other than billy i guess oh god it's really hard if i weren't to be if it wasn't billy cassie's a really good choice i do like Catherine actually the second pink ranger mm-hmm. i thought she was a really nice i although i was heartbroken then when kimberly left and then Catherine came along. I was like, "Who's this? This is Power Rangers. I don't like it. I don't understand." And now as I've grown, got older, I'm like, "Oh, actually, no. She's pretty cool." Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, that was definitely a sad day for me as a child. <laughs> I just remember seeing Kimberly in hospital, and the Power Rangers never been like it was suddenly turned from Power Rangers to an episode of ER. I'm like, "What is? I'm a child. What's happening? I don't understand." It got really dark. And speaking of that too, um, when Kendricks and Lost Space actually died in the show. That was a Ooh. dark day. That was a dark day. Was yeah. <laughs> Sad. Um, so I guess if you could, I'm going to remove Mighty Morphing from the equation. If you could morph into a pink Power Ranger, which one would it be? <sighs> Great question. I have quite a few. I don't think I would be upset if if I just had to be given one. I wouldn't be upset. I mean, I, yeah, Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> right, like, I would just be grateful. If I had to pick another one, it would have to be... I've got a few. It would probably be either Time Force Pink, and then I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for these two, but hear me out, Samurai Pink or Overdrive Pink. Okay, so I've never... I think Overdrive might be the only series I've never watched. Overdrive? Hang on. Operation Overdrive? Yeah, I've never seen Operation Overdrive. I don't know why I missed that one. I don't know if it was a weird... I mean, I am an adult, so maybe that's why I haven't watched it. Um, But Samurai, again, I don't think I watched a lot of Samurai, but I remember it being very... clean. I mean, it's Paramount, it's a kid's show, but I always remember it being very beige the show in, that's the word that comes to my head when i think of samurai I, I maybe i need to watch it again but yeah. no that's incredibly accurate <laughs> and i think that's why i was gonna get a lot of hate because i'm like those are not great seasons but i did like the i loved the designs but i also liked the pink specific weapons zords what have you <clears throat> so that would be why i would i would be okay with those 
Nice. Now I'm going to return your Mighty Morphing Pink Power Coin to you. Um, Thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> you, you're welcome. Can you can you give us a it's a it's morphing time pre-adactyl? Do you want the morpher to go with it? I can go grab it. I mean, no one else will enjoy it other than me, but yes. <laughs> okay. Let me uh find where's it at? Oh, okay. Hold on just a sec. It's a real good thing there isn't like a monster attacking the city right now. Otherwise, there'd just be Adam running around looking for his morpher. Like, I can't find it. I can't find it. But I just decided it. I'd have to take it out of the box so I can just use the uh, the newest edition. The what is that? The Lightning Legacy. I don't know which which one they're on. The latest one that came out this past year. Um, okay. Also, side story. The first time I met David, he taught me how to properly morph. I have pictures <gasps> and everything. It was it was a very uh, touching moment in my life. He also told me he stalked me on Instagram. Uh, so just putting that out there. <laughs> okay. I'm going to get him on the podcast. That is that is the, that is the goal. Please I mean, do. that is it. That, that is the... Well, once I've done that, I can retire. I mean, done. Well, I mean, then what What else would you have up to live up to? <laughs> right. yeah. Okay, are we ready? Wait, how, how do you ready. want me to do this? Um, there's a monster attack in this city. What do you do? It's morphin' time! Pterodactyl! Was that good? Woo! <laughs> I mean, I'm happy. I, I'm, we can call it a day now, really. That's all I really Well, this has been do. great. Uh... Yeah, thank you so much for joining. <laughs> no, I still have you for another good 45 minutes or so. Um, so, I guess you, you... I've seen from your Instagram, obviously you do cosplay. Um, is Pink Power Ranger the kind of the only cosplay you do? Do you do any others? Or I've done a few in the past, so I've really been branching out and doing more pinks, just because I found out that's what I really love, and I love all the pinks, so I'm like, I'm just going to start doing more pinks. So there's a couple I have in progress right now, but I have also done a gender-bent Chibi Moon, because I'm also a big Sailor Moon fan. So I have a Chibi Moon. I've also done Lightning from Final Fantasy Thirteen. And then another one, which is always going to be one of my favorites, and not just because of the shorts, is Laura Croft. I have a whole... Oh, nice. Yes, I have a whole cosplay. I found even, like, the whole, the side hip holters. I got myself two pistols. Like, I was ready. <laughs> oh, incredible. What, what conventions have you been to? You know, honestly, not that many. Because as I was getting into cosplay and getting into conventions, I was also about to start my PhD. So there was a lot of like professional obligations that were limiting. And then the pandemic hit once I was finally established here. So I was like, well, uh, <laughs> I've been to uh, a few here in Missouri. I've been to a few in Oklahoma. I've been to a few in Texas as well. My dream would be though, to go to a New York Comic-Con and a San Diego Comic-Con. That I feel like is just life changing experiences. Mm. Yeah, the Comic Con is de- uh, New York Comic Con and maybe San Diego actually as well. Definitely on my list. I'd love to go to Morphicon. I I don't know what to expect, but I want to go so bad. It's on my absolutely list of things. Absolutely. Is there anyone in? You, you should. You should. I've have done some terrible cosplays in the past, um, but I now I, I can actually I, I make a living now, um, so I would probably spend a bit more money on a decent costume no you absolutely should i think that is what is so fun is when you finally put it on like in a way 
it's almost like drag. Like you put it on and you feel like a different person. Like it's an incredible feeling. So I, James, I want to see you in a full costume. I want to see it. Whenever we can go to Mount Morphicon together, I want to see it. (laughs) For those listening, you should all go check out um, Adam's Instagram, Pink Hero, because you can check out all his um, Power Ranger affiliated costumes and i love all your stationery and your your i think you've got a book a laptop a, all your pink power <sighs> ranger it's everywhere it's everywhere yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now moving on to we'll we'll move past power rangers now unfortunately but and um, we'll go into um when i asked you to come on the podcast i asked you to um to try and explain a bit more to me about your um doctoral can candidate am i saying the right word yes candidate? yes um there was a lot there I was hoping you could break it down because I understood the words, but I didn't really understand what it meant. So could you kind of break down what it is you are, what you are and what you're doing? Yes, absolutely. And no, it is something that unless you're in this process, it's really, it's stupid. Like honestly, as someone inside of it, it's stupid. (laughs) So no, don't, don't feel bad because I didn't understand it going into it. Now that I understand it, I, you know, regret some life choices. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love what I do. So I am considered a doctoral candidate. And so when you're pursuing a, a PhD, you first start by doing your coursework. Um, and then if, again, this is going to get really complicated. So you might have to cut a lot of this, James. Uh, so on your, the track to a PhD, you also will get a master's. I came into this program with my master's. I did my master's prior to this. If not, you would get a master's in passing. So you would still get a master's in some form or another. And then after all of your coursework, you would, and as part of your master's, you would do a thesis as well, which would just be a research project, essentially. Um, just kind of demonstrating the fact that you have a understanding of research. That's what the thesis is meant to do and that you can produce research. So you do all of your coursework along with your thesis, and you will then take your comprehensive exams. And what comprehensive exams are, are they are essentially um, a testament to you being an expert in this field. So I have passed my comprehensive exams, which now means I am a candidate to earn my doctorate. So that's why I'm a doctoral candidate if that makes sense. It's a whole bunch of weird milestones that <laughs> that are completely arbitrary, but they they put, they make them because we've been doing it for God knows how long. Um, so I am currently a doctoral candidate, which means that I am in the process of doing my dissertation. And the purpose of a dissertation is to not only, again, show that you know how to do research, that you can contribute to science, but also your, your dissertation has to be an original piece of science so that you in becoming a doctor have also given a, a piece of knowledge to the scientific community. That's kind of what that purpose is. Now, as a psychologist, I'm a little bit different because I also have to acquire clinical hours. So I'm also in the process of still acquiring clinical hours um, as a part of my, my, uh, my doctorate. And then also as a psychologist, um, we also have to do a residency or an internship as a part of our doctoral degree process. So I also will be doing a residency or internship for a year, and then I will officially have my degree. <laughs> Bloody hell. Um, that's a lot. What, I guess we'll go from the start then. What, what made you want to go down this career path? Uh, I ask myself that every day. <laughs> I just look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, Adam, what are we doing? <laughs> so I think a lot of it came from 
a growing up gay. I think a lot is where a lot of this came from just because I had a very difficult time with the coming out process. I did not come from a very supportive place. I did not have a very good system of support growing up. And so uh, my mental health was strongly affected by that. And so once I, you know, engaged in that, that coming out process and then also started doing the kind of academic side of psychology, I was like, wow, I really, really like this work. And so since then, obviously, you know, I have evolved, my career has evolved, my research, my clinical work has evolved. But I would say that was probably the start of it was understanding that my sexuality is not pathological, that other people also experience this. And I want to be a part of a force that helps to change that. I mean, wow, amazing. Um, that's That was an amazing answer. That was, I, yeah, I just... Wow. Um, Am I what, so, now? Yeah, are you in? <laughs> He's beauty and she's great. <laughs> um, so, world peace. Um, so, how how much longer then will it be until you are a one hundred percent qualified psychologist? Great question. Uh- <laughs> well, that de- is that dependent on you? I guess maybe it. It's not dependent on me um, because I am progressing kind of without any sort of uh, drawbacks or without any sort of setbacks or anything. So this next academic year is when I will complete my dissertation. That next year is when I will complete my residency or internship. And then after that, I will officially have my doctorate. However, in order to become an actual licensed psychologist, uh, I will also have to spend, after I get my doctorate, I will have to spend the next probably year or two, um, it's usually only about a year though, uh, studying for my exams in order to obtain my licensure. So there's a number of steps still that have to happen, but thankfully at each step now, the pay gets better. So so it's a little bit more motivating. (laughs) Yeah. Nice little carrot. So when you um, are 100% qualified, will you be working uh, for yourself or will you work for a company or does it work differently for different people? It works differently for different people. You know, psychologists have many different uh, areas that they can go into and also because there are so many different kinds of psychologists. So I have really enjoyed working in a hospital system. I have really enjoyed being a part of like a comprehensive care team, you know, working alongside physicians, nurses, speech pathologists, occupational therapists. So I think I will probably find myself in my career kind of staying in a hospital system. Um, I will probably still be doing research just because I really love research, but it'll probably be primarily uh, clinically focused. Um, But some people do work for themselves. I am not a businessman whatsoever, so that would be a horrible idea for me. Uh, some people never do clinical work; they only do research. I get too bored, so I would <laughs> I, I need some sort of like split in my work. So that's probably where I'll find myself. Yes, I guess a lot of people when they think of psychologists, they just generally think of the image of someone sat down in a long lounge chair <laughs> and talking about um, their mother and father. Um, is that? Do you, I imagine if you did have a lounge chair, it'd be pink. But um, is that? <laughs> That's all true. Is that a thing? Is that or is that just something media has portrayed? That's a great question, James. So yes and no. Primarily no, uh, but sometimes yes. So that's this, a great I, answer, right? Right. Just 
<laughs> um, so this idea of like the chase lounge, this idea of like talking about how horrible your your mom and dad are, and you know all the the childhood, you know, quote unquote trauma. Uh, that's a very Freudian concept, which some people still practice. Uh, so that you may actually still run into. Most people have gotten rid of the 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 chase lounge. I mean, some yeah. people I'm sure still have them. I know they're really neat. They're really comfortable. I mean, I, I, that's the only reason I maybe want to go. Rely down. What and take a nap, you know? <laughs> um, but no, I I've never owned a chase lounge. I probably will never. Part just because uh. they're really expensive too. For a couch that's missing half of itself, they're really expensive. Uh, <laughs> um. No, I, so my clinical work is, and this is just kind of based on how I practice. My clinical work is very, very brief. I don't, I don't care about your mom and dad. I'm sure they're lovely people or they're horrible people. I don't know. I don't care. Um, I, I don't see people for very long. I, most of the patients I see now are for no more than eight sessions. And that's even really long. Most of the time it's only about five. Cause what I do is very, very uh, clinically specific. So I work a lot in uh, sleep. So whenever we're doing like sleep interventions, it is very cut and dry. This is what we got to do. And we're going to do this over five weeks, but this is it. Um, you know, I'm sure, you know, it was hard when that one kid on the playground bullied you and you still carry it with you in terms of me and working with your sleep. I don't care. <laughs> Which is going to sound really horrible. Like I don't want people to walk away from this podcasting like, Oh my God, is that how all psychologists are? No, there are plenty of psychologists who do work with that. That is just not what I work with. I work with very specific behaviors. I work with very specific things. And so that tends to keep things pretty short because we don't explore those things. You know, that is probably something that may affect your sleep. But in the long run, there's going to be a lot of other things that affect your sleep that I'm going to target. So if you want to talk about those things, I think you should. It just probably won't be with me. <laughs> um, I guess. So can we dig more into what is your if, if you're allowed to i'm not sure if you're allowed to talk about it um your dissertation what is it you're writing about and researching yes so i can't disclose that it's highly confidential no i'm kidding i'm kidding uh <laughs> no everything is... like, oh that's, that's my next five questions gone actually. you're like oh <laughs> um so my dissertation one of the things that i look at kind of broadly in my research is sexual and gender minority health um, so I've done a lot of work with uh, sexual minority men, um, people who identify as transgender. That's where a lot of my research tends to focus. Just generally, those are the populations I like to work with because that's kind of that's kind of where I came from and why I got into this field. Because those are the populations I want to help. Um, but my research also tends to look a lot at coping, like how do people cope with stress? How do people cope with negative emotions and stuff like that? So my dissertation is just one avenue of that. And so what my dissertation is focusing on is I'm looking at how experiences of objectification then path to alcohol use. Um, I do a lot of work with substance use. And so one of the things that I want to know is when we do, as sexual minority men, when we do experience objectification, so when people treat us like a sexual object, um, you know, people make inappropriate or unsolicited like sexual passes at us over time does that in any way contribute to alcohol use um, because we know sexual minority men are disproportionately affected by substance use so is this playing any factor into that at all is essentially what my dissertation is looking at nice how is it how, how are you 
do I mean I've done dissertation but mine was very different in media for, for you then are you um are you doing your own are you in clinical trials with people I, I or are you is it more referencing other people's work and formatting how sorry how's your here's a better question how are you writing your dissertation <laughs> Uh, I am come here for all the hard-hitting questions the intellectual <laughs> how am I writing my dissertation poorly no I'm kidding uh well I may not be kidding I'm at least writing it so I will be collecting that data myself um so I will do the process of collecting all that data synthesizing it analyzing it and then writing up um those results nice as a psychologist do you yourself have to have because I think I've heard this before, but I'm not sure if it's entirely true for everyone. Do you yourself have to have sessions? Yes. So as a practicing psychologist, so when we talk about, um, because again, there's so many different kinds of psychology. There's like developmental psych, social psych, personality psych, all these other things. I am, I'm a counseling psychologist. And so counseling, clinical, school, typically they work with kids though. We are all practicing psychologists. So we do um have sessions we conduct sessions um there are certain training models that say that as a psychologist you should also be in therapy and those tend to be again more based out of freudian you know psychodynamic type of work um i am not a part of that training model obviously because <laughs> i'm very theoretically different so there are some models that do that i don't i mean we are very transparent about our mental health we talk about our mental health we have those resources available to us if we need them but we are not required as a part of our training to go through you know so many sessions so many years whatever of psychoanalysis we are going to come back to that i just want to quickly i know you're so busy all the time and you're also a personal trainer firstly how do you find the time I don't. Uh, no, <laughs> it. You know, there are lots of days where I start my day at five thirty-six, and I come home from the hospital around nine or ten. It. The one thing that kind of like keeps you motivated is the work that you do. So again, the work that I do, I'm motivated to do. Like I want to make a difference for sexual and gender minorities for people who, you know, do struggle with substance use for, you know, people who struggle with sleep, people who just struggle with mental health in general. That's what I want to do. That is my driving passion. So I feel like that is how I find the time uh, is because I kind of have to use that to, to, to light the fire sometimes, put a little of that gasoline on it. Mm. How long have you been a personal trainer for? I've been a personal trainer for, Gosh, James, you're going to ask me hard questions. I have to do math now. <laughs> it's probably been about five, six years I've been a personal trainer. Probably nice. mm, probably closer to six. Yeah. What do you enjoy about it? Because obviously in your um, your studies, you're working with the, the mind. But I guess with this, you're, you're working with the body. Yeah. So the that is one of the reasons why I, I got into it. One is to make a little side money. Because as a student, you don't make a lot. It's until you get like doctor in front of your name to you actually make money. <laughs> <laughs> so one was to get a little side money. But the other part was, is that those those are very much two-way streets. The mind affects the body just as much as the body affects the mind. So for some people I work with, it is through the mind. For some people I work with, it's through the body. And I think that was part of that, that drive was that 
there is also something there that I can help with and I enjoy helping. So I kind of took that avenue as well. And also it usually gets you a free gym membership. And as a poor student, anything free is good. So <laughs> I guess it's not, it's funny you mentioned the word motivation. You've spoken about what motivates you, but what do you say to people that to best motivate them to actually go out and do their workout, get out of bed and go for it. I had to really drag myself out of bed this morning to go for a run and I really didn't want to, but I'd been saying I should go for a run all week and I haven't, but so I just did it. How do you, well, how was your strategy? A lot of times, and this is where being a psychologist really helps. So, you know, a lot of times people will, will say, you know, I, I just don't have the motivation. I, you know, it's hard for me to find it. And so a lot of times when people set these like super hard fitness goals, you know, new year, new me, I'm going to work out at the gym five days a week. That's a lot. That's what I work out at right now. And I've been working on that for, again, close to six, maybe seven years at this point. Like I've had to work up to that. And a lot of times when we make those types of, of like really big goal decisions, it's they're based on emotion. And one thing about emotion is that it's always going to change. And so when that emotive when that emotion change, typically that motivation will change with it. So in order to create more long-term behavior goals, is you have to work more from logic. So rather than going to the gym five days a week, you go just one for 20 minutes. You just walk on the treadmill for 20 minutes. You find the 20 minutes that you can carve out, make that time for you. And then we'll slowly build from that. So then we'll extend that to an hour or we'll add two days. Then it becomes more of a habit. It becomes more of, again, a behavioral thing rather than I'm only going to do this if I have the motivation because motivation is always going to come and go. So it has to be built more on logic, if that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. As a personal trainer, are you quite peppy? Are you strict? What's your... uh... Oh, gosh, I'm a monster. I'm a monster. (laughs) (laughs) And I think anyone who who's worked with me as a client or who takes my group fitness classes will say that, like, I have fun. I'll crack a joke. um, But I am a monster. That's not what I was expecting. (laughs) (laughs) I am mean. If you aren't doing it, I will call you out. Um, So... (laughs) So it's always fun though. Like, but I always like if I'm ever working with someone or I'm in a class, my thing is always if you hate me right now, it's doing the work. So keep going. <laughs> have you ever um seen or listened to Legally Blonde the musical? I have not. Oh my god, you would love it. Um there's a I, I won't spoil it, but there's a bit where um a fitness instructor is incredibly peppy and she's got on you can it's on youtube actually the whole mtv thing it's great worth watching um that she's got a song called whip you into shape where she has a skipping rope where she's a a monster um i think you really enjoy it i need to get highly (laughs) i actually prefer the british soundtrack to the american soundtrack but the the entire thing is on youtube if you just search for mtv legally blonde it's it's an hour that you will thank me for more importantly um what's your and this is a question i hope no one's asked you before um what is your favorite dirty takeaway my favorite dirty takeaway oh not necessarily dirty but what's your favorite takeaway from the gym you mean oh no sorry um takeaway in england means like uh fast food oh oh okay okay that sorry there's a little bit of a of a language barrier i'm not cultured so (laughs) i would never claim to be i mean i hardly say a takeaway is cultured but (laughs) 
Uh, that is a great question. I would have to say anything that has a taco in it. So like Taco Bell, I ate there last night. I took the dog with me. Uh, I claim she, you know, forced me to, but it's fine. Uh, yeah. Anything with a taco in it. I'm a, I'm a sucker for a taco. When it comes to, um, pizza, Mm -hmm. do you, um, are you in the camp of pineapple belongs on pizza or doesn't belong on pizza? It does not. It does not. We can be friends. I enjoy pineapple. I can just enjoy it on the side. It doesn't need to be on my pizza making it soggy. Just put it on the side. So jumping back in the other direction and back to psychology then. Um, I asked you before um, this podcast to prepare some answers. Uh, and I don't really answer, ask this question. Um, I, don't, I don't ask it at all on the Champions of Happy, which is weird. Because I'm scared of the generic answers. But um, I guess my two questions are, what does happiness mean to you? And what makes you happy? Oh, those are tough questions. I could approach this from a very scientific viewpoint, but I don't study happiness, so I'm not going to attempt to. (laughs) Um, You know, happiness to me is, okay, maybe I will get a little scientific. Happiness to me would be obviously experiencing positive mood, but I think part of that too is also having a disposition where you can accept that negative emotions will happen as well. So obviously when people think of happy, they think of a positive emotions. You know, when I feel happy, I feel great. But I feel like happiness to me is a little bit broader than that. Like there are times where you can experience positive emotions. There are times you can experience negative emotions and still be happy. I know I'm going to experience negative emotions this week, working on my dissertation, being really stressed out. But overall, I would still consider myself happy because I do have this acceptance of these two forms of emotions existing, but I still find, even if they're small, little things that take care of myself, that make me feel good, that help me cope. And I feel like that is a better definition of happy because you will never not experience negative emotions. They will. Well, if you don't, then we have bigger fish to fry. Uh, (laughs) But you will experience negative emotions, but sometimes being happy is validating those emotions for yourself, accepting those emotions for yourself, but also taking care of yourself when you're experiencing them. I'm going to throw a curveball at you. Um, Can you tell me of a happy memory? A happy memory? That is a great question the one that immediately pops into mind because i have this photograph and this is one of my favorite photographs ever is of me at a birthday party i think it was my fourth birthday and i got a which i still own it's still in that closet right behind me um it is a stuffed pink ranger doll and you can just see the expression on my face is just so full of joy so full of life that was probably one of the happiest memories um of my childhood and again one that i still reflect on today that is so sweet um so i guess uh, another i'm just gonna keep rolling on these happy questions while while we're here why not who in your life right now makes you happy i would have to say if they are in my life and they are chosen in my life like not like some like higher up or anything where like i'm like forced to as a part of my job or whatever to interact with them i feel like everyone in my life makes me happy um, because it, it 
it takes a united force in order to help you cope. It takes a united force in order to help you weather when times get hard, when times get difficult, when times get depressing. So I feel like the people that I have in my life all make me happy because they are my my source of support. They're kind of like my system. So if they are a part of that system, they make me happy. That's very sweet. <laughs> very safe. This way you're not going to piss anyone off. You're forgetting well, I was about um, to say, I'm like, oh, I hope that doesn't make anyone mad because I didn't say their name explicitly. But if you are in, this is just a blanket claim. If you are in my life, bring me happiness. Oh, <laughs> uh, nice. When was the last time you made someone happy? Uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> part of me has this disposition, which I feel like I got from my father. So I'm forever grateful to him, at least for that, but for many other things as well. In that I always try to ap- approach people positively. So even this afternoon when I was buying groceries, I tried to engage the cashier in a conversation, in a little small talk, because sometimes that in and of itself can make people happy. So I try to do that. And I know it does make people happy because sometimes like they're like, do you just want to like, I mean, I'll, I'll be going through... Uh, or going to get a cup of coffee and they're like, it's on the house. Like, you know, so I, I know it does. And it's just nice when I get free stuff, but I'm not, that's not what I'm looking for. Um, but I feel like there's so much happiness that can, that can come from just being genuinely kind to someone else. And even if it's just a, a few kind words to a complete stranger who you just are having to interact with right now because they're checking you out because you're checking them out because you just have any passing each other in, you know, a shopping area or something. Sometimes that in of itself can bring happiness. Nice. Okay, Miss America, um, we'll wrap up the <laughs> happiness section. Oh, um, God. oh, God. Yeah, now that I'm listening to myself, I'm like, oh, God. I sound, like, I sound horrible. I sound like a person. <laughs> I- <laughs> World peace. Um, we are coming to the end of the podcast. Um, I guess I wanted to ask um, if you want people to find you out there, how can they find you? Um, well, you know, I found this out. This is kind of a side note. Um, I found this out that if you just Google like pink ranger male, my pictures will start to pop up, uh, which was really interesting. Someone just, uh, showed me that and I was like, oh my God, that's awesome. (laughs) If they want to find me on Instagram, my handle there is pink dot hero. So pink period hero. Um, I exist on Facebook. I exist on TikTok. I exist on many other platforms. I probably haven't checked any of those platforms in probably two to three years. Uh, so you can feel free to add me, but if I don't add you back, it's probably because I don't know it's there. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I can hardly keep up with just the one Instagram overwhelms me sometimes. And uh, th- that's all I can really keep up with. And even then I'm like, Oh, this is too much. I gotta take a break. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Yes. Um, so Thank you again for being a guest on the Champions of Happy. That was really enjoyable. Um, I hope you've had a good time. Um, <laughs> wonderful time. It was a wonderful talking with you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, be sure to go check Adam out on Instagram and continue following all his lovely Pink Power Ranger wellness, fitness, everything, nastiness. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> we will talk soon. And thank you again. Awesome. Thank you, Jake. Bye. Bye.
What a lovely episode with Adam. I really enjoyed it. It was a great talk with him. And thank you so much, Adam, again, for being on the podcast. If you are enjoying the Champions of Happy, we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go on there where I will post up plenty of information and updates about the podcast. If you're feeling nice, head over to iTunes, give me a five-star rating, and leave a little comment saying what you like about the podcast. It just means Champions of Happy can continue to grow, more people will be able to find it, and our community can get bigger and bigger. Thank you again for listening. I've been James. This has been the Champions of Happy Podcast. Have a lovely week. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. Mm. 